So we talked about last week the benefits of salvation in Christ. You know, what are those benefits we're looking into? We talked about the word of God. We talked about prayer last week. We're going to go into communion and the Lord's Supper and baptism soon, okay? So do you remember last week what prayer does for us? What is prayer in our lives? Well, it doesn't just save us, exactly, because remember, we have to believe and repent, you know, believe in the true Son of God, right? But prayer is the communication we have to God, right? So we, God communicates to us through his word, okay? Lincoln, you got that? All right, and we communicate to God through prayer, because we know prayer allows us to communicate with him, to confess our sins, and to glorify him, okay? So now we're going to go into the model prayer that Jesus taught the apostles, which is the Lord's Prayer. So I'm going to read that over real quick, so it's a little long, but I'm going to read it over. And I think Nick's going to put on there in pieces when we go through it, okay? So Matthew 6, 9, 13 says, pray in this way. So our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So a lot, big, a lot of prayer, right? Good examples. You gonna go chill back there, dude? Okay. So Emma, you're the only one. You're on the stage now. I'm sorry. I hope you can answer every question right, okay? Okay. So first we're gonna go, and I'm gonna teach everyone here too as well, because I learned this throughout the week, and it was a blessing to learn this. It's not just for kids. It's for me. It's for adults and everyone. So I'm gonna ask all you questions too. No. So the first part, I think Nick's going to put it up, is our Father who is in heaven. So I'm going to ask you, what does that sound like to you when he says, our Father who is in heaven? No pressure. <laughs> Basically, it just sounds like he's in heaven, right? Our God who is in heaven. So that teaches us from that phrase that we can come to God with confidence, knowing he is our Father, okay? He's our God. As believers, he is our God who loves us and wants to have a willingness to able to help us. So God comes with confidence, remembering that he is holy and that he is willing and able to help us. And one scripture I want to read to you, to everyone here too, is Romans 8, 15. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which we cry out, Abba, Father. So basically, having confidence to go to God in whatever in prayer, Okay. So have you ever just prayed to God before and just anything in confidence? You're just like, God, I really want to pray about my family or someone in my, li- in my life, maybe even a dog that was hurting or something. Have you ever done that before? Right. And you know, as a, as a believer, we can boldly go to Christ for that, right? Yeah, maybe. I hope, right? <laughs> we should. <laughs> so there's more to it, but I'm going to just sum that up. So that's basically first prayers. Our Father who is in heaven just means that we have confidence that we can go to God, remembering that he is holy and he's willing and able to help us. Next part is, hallowed be your name. So here's Jesus talking about God, hallowed be your name. What do you think of the word hallowed means? You have an idea, maybe? Not at all, okay, that's okay. So hallowed is more like sanctify, like holy, like set apart, like he is holy, he's through sanctifying, right? So it means that God's name should be glorified, honored, and praised in everything. So it's really, hallowed be God, like, God's name is just, he transcends everything. He is above all. His name is holy, holy, holy. So we want to worship him that way. And it says in the Bible, you sh- like God says, you shall be holy for I am holy. So since he's holy, we should be holy too in that sense. For from him and through him and to him are all things, not just some, but all things. To him be the glory forever, amen. 
So hallowed be your name means just to glorify God in his name. Remember the I am's we went through? We learned I am the good shepherd, I am the true vine. The word I am, the power in the word I am as his name is really big. It's huge. So after that, we go, hallowed be your name. So now we go into your kingdom come. And what that means, a little different, it means that God would destroy the kingdom of Satan, that God's kingdom would be established and advanced, okay? And those outside of God's kingdom will be brought in and that our Lord Jesus would come quickly. So establishing God's kingdom, advancing the kingdom of God, that is what he's asking for. So Psalm, let's go into, I wanna do, I have a lot of scripture. I have like 25 scripture to read to you, but I'm gonna choose a couple, okay? Is that good? All right, good, okay. So 2 Thessalonians 3.1 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified just as it was with you. So, I mean, that's our job is to spread the gospel, right? So we spread the gospel, we spread the kingdom of God through that and advance that kingdom. And in his kingdom, it's gonna advance because his will will be done. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that after this. But it's gonna spread, it's gonna advance, and that's why he's praying for your kingdom come, right? So no, no, so now we're on, on Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. And right after that, we go into your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that means God, by his grace, would give us the desire and ability to know, obey, and submit to his will in everything. So he will give us that desire and ability when we trust in him to obey and submit to him because we want to serve him. We want to obey his commandments because it's delight in us. It brings us joy, right? We talked about that. For those who love God will obey his commandments. Um, Psalm 119 says, give me understanding so that I may comply with your law and keep it with all my heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments for I delight in it. So we, we should have joy to serve God in his commands, to listen to him, to obey him. And that's what he means. The will that is in heaven should be on earth too. So we want to follow his will too on earth. And that's what he's praying about. As we go into a little more, we go to the next part. Give us today our daily bread. Now I'm going to ask you about this one. What does it mean to when God, when Jesus says, give us today our daily bread in this model prayer? That's close. It's a pretty literal translation, right? <laughs> well, yes and no. And so what it is, is God, by his grace, would supply our daily needs that we need that we may enjoy the bliss, these blessings with contentment from him. So we're asking God to supply us for our daily needs, you know, stuff, because he, he's gonna supply it, right? We know in Philippians 4 and 19, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So we pray to God for our daily needs. We always come to God, God, I, I pray you get me through the day. God, I pray you give us the food we need, the house and shelter we need. And he'll provide it. He'll provide our needs. Now, it doesn't mean the wants. We may ask God for things we want all the time. Do you think he'll supply them all the time? Yeah, because remember, it's by his will alone that we should follow into, according to his will. I may ask God for a giant minivan that's lifted, but do you think he's going to give me that? Probably not. It might be my will that wants that, a minivan that's lifted, right? <laughs> but because it's always going to be under his will all the time. That's what we should strive for as Christians. You know, you should always seek his will out. Good. So we ask him for our supplication. We ask for, give us today our daily bread to supply us daily. Because he takes care of everything. He takes care of the birds. He takes care of the flowers. So why not he take care of us? So the next part we go into, after give us today our daily bread, we go to forgive us of our debts as we also forgiven our debtors. So that's pretty simple. What do you think about that one? What does that one say? No? 
Okay, this is good, this is good. So as we go to Christ to ask for forgiveness, and he has forgiven us through the cross, okay? So we know it says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous so that he will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But since he's forgiven us, we should forgive others too, right? So Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you, okay? So if he forgave us, what's to say we should more forgive others for wrongdoings? Because we've done them too. People forgiven us, we've forgiven them. It should be a model that we strive for that as God has forgiven us. So that's what it means to forgive us of our debts and also be forgiven of our debtors. I'm almost done. I know it's a long prayer, right? <laughs> I know you're already tired. I get it. I'm almost done. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So God would either keep us from being tempted into sin or to support and deliver us when we are tempted. So let me blow you a pop question, okay? See if you know this. Does God tempt us? Good. Good answer. I love that. And we're going to get into scripture to back that up. So Matthew 26, 41 says, keep watching and praying so that you do not come into temptation, right? Because lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Because my flesh is weak. Without Christ, I am nothing. I have nothing. I will give into all my temptations if I don't have Christ with me to strengthen me. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He's a faithful God. He's a just God. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. You'll still be tempted. You go through trials all the time. Um, but when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so you can endure it, okay? So he doesn't tempt you. He doesn't lead you that way. He's not, a God, he's not evil, but he will get you out of that. It's pretty neat. <laughs> we mess up all the time, and he'll still get us out of it from our own temptations. So that's what we pray to God to lead us not into temptation, but to deliver us from evil. And I even throw in that scripture we just quoted just now, James 1, 13, 14, that when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But in each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires. So it's my own evil desire that I'm tempted, not God. But he will provide a way out and trusting in him, right? And then the last bit. And this one I threw in still because there's some manuscripts or Bibles that don't have this in there. It's omitted, but I include it in here uh, for this part. So it says, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever, amen. Basically, we recognize that God is an all-powerful king and that he's able to give us all that is good and that he is worthy of praise. So just basically glorifying him because he deserves it. He deserves praise constantly. We should be glorifying him and praising him all the time. And actually, I got this scripture from 1 Chronicles 29, and it's David uh, with a prayer to God. And it's a little long, but it's really good. I need, to, I need to read it to you. David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and on the earth, yours is the dominion. So God deserves all that. We are glorifying him constantly. We should. So yours is the dominion, Lord. You exalt yourself and head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. And in your hand is power and might, and that it lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. That's how we should pray every day. <laughs> no, but it's such a good prayer. Just, it brings joy to read that. And so I had to read that to you. I know it's long. So as we go over it, the Lord's Prayer is a good model for us to pray. Now, do we have to pray like this every time? 
No, we don't. But it's a great model that we should strive for, praying from, you know, not to be in temptation, to be forgiven, forgiven each other as God forgiven us, to pray for our daily needs, right? So it's a good model that we should strive for. So I hope that today, if you have any questions afterwards, either ask me, Ray, Owen, or your parents, or anyone here in the church, okay? So I thank you for that. I know it's long. It's a long prayer, but it's so important to understand that we need to glorify God in everything, okay? All right, so thank you, Emma. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I know it's a long one, but um, God, thank you for this time to worship you in, in, in this prayer you've shown us that the apostles asked about to be taught. What a joy that if anything they could ask for God, they asked to be taught how to pray. And so now, as a loving God, you showed us that through that prayer and to what we should strive for, and we're so grateful for that. I pray we retain that and use that in our daily lives as we pray, as we pray ceaselessly to you, Lord, that you deserve those praise and you deserve the honor and glory all the time and forever and ever. And it's your name we pray, amen.